Whether this is her first Mother's Day or her 40th, she deserves more. Shop tons of stunning on-trend jewelry for every budget at Diamonds Direct. Diamond fashion jewelry, beautiful birthstones, everyday pearls, starting at just $200. Commemorate the real loves of her life with a gorgeous pendant featuring the birthstone of the one who made her mom. This Mother's Day, Diamonds Direct is everything you need to say thank you. Diamonds Direct, your love, our passion. Online at DiamondsDirect.com. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet. That's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President, Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. This is Our American Stories, and we continue with our special Christmas season storytelling. And we do this every Christmas season, well, because it's fun to do, and we know we love it, and we hope you do too. Philadelphia has a reputation across professional sports for having the toughest and roughest fans. Nobody knows that better than Frank Olivo. In 1968, the 19-year-old Olivo was dressed as Santa Claus, at an Eagles football game where he was booed and pelted with snowballs. It's such a famous moment that ESPN even made a spoof 30 for 30 about it. Here to tell the story is Frank's first cousin and best friend, Richard Monastra. Here's Rich, starting with a little background on both him and Snowball Santa Frank Olivo. We uh, were born in the post-war era. Two of us are baby boomers. I was born in 46, Frank was born in, in 1948 uh, in South Philadelphia, born to typical Italian immigrant families. Our parents uh, hailed from Naples, Italy for the most part. We were born and raised in South Philadelphia, went to Catholic elementary schools, Catholic high school. I graduated in 1964, Frank graduated in 1966 from the same high school, Bishop Newman. I had I went on to college. Frank decided that he wanted to be a barber, so he went to, bar, to barbering school. His father was a veteran of World War II. He had landed at Omaha Beach in the D-Day. He was wounded, wound up with a plate in his head. His mother, Rose, uh, worked 
their whole life in the tailor shops, which was pretty typical uh, for South Philadelphia guy, uh, women. Frank went to buy a barber school in Center City, uh, Philadelphia, in the area now they call uh, Chinatown. Got his buy a barber's license. Um, Frank really, really liked that. Uh, he liked being a barber. He was very social. From the time he was a kid, he was very, very social. He got, he got along with, with, you know, with everybody. He had a, a talent early on. We started to, started to see it in him of being a bit of a showman too. He, he would do um, impersonations of actors, movie stars, whatever. Family really loved it. Uh, kids in the neighborhood really loved when he would imitate our, our, our teachers, especially when we were in high school. So, um, and, he, and he sort of liked all that attention. Uh, he was sort of deprived of that attention as a, as a kid. You know, his family, I, I, his own personal family, his mother and father, I guess you might call them today what we might say is a dis dysfunctional family. You know, Rose and Bruno were always working. Uh, Frankie was on the street a lot of the time. Uh, fortunately, uh, he would come over to our house and, uh, you know, my mother kind of took him in and uh, he was like our, like our brother. We, uh, that part of South Philadelphia uh, sometimes, you know, has a bad rep. A um, little bit of the uh, so-called mob guys uh, hung out there. There's a place called uh, Poochie's and uh, Nick's Roast Beef shop. I think both of those places were kind of fronts for the organized uh, mob guys. Um, but somehow Frank got friendly with those people as well. Every once in a while they would ask us to carry these little brown bags uh, to go from point A to point B. Little did we know we were carrying number plays or horse bets and Frank spoke up about it one time. He said, what's, what's, what's in these bags you're asking us to carry? So one of the guys at this place called Poochie showed him and Frankie started to laugh. And so, and the other, the you know, the quasi-mob guy started to laugh too. And he said, I like you kids, you guys are really cool. You got a real chutzpah here, so to speak. And he gave us a free roast beef sandwich and uh, uh, a half a buck a piece. But as time, time went on, you know, I, I went on to college and, and uh, we were always fans of uh, the Philadelphia sports scene. We used to go up the old Scheib Park to watch the Phillies play. The, um, the cops there who guarded the stadium were very friendly. They let you hang outside the stadium and once the first inning was over, they opened up the gates and we all got in for free. All, all the kids hanging outside the stadium got in for free. We sat up in the bleachers and watched the ball game. Once we were a, a, a bit older, I guess in our teens, our uncles, they had eight season tickets, four in one row and four seats right, right behind the first four. And as we grew up, they would take us to the, to the Eagles games as a, as a sort of a rite of passage. And uh, that ultimately led up to the infamous snow, uh, snowball event in December of 1968. The Eagles were scheduled to play the Minnesota Vikings, which were a fairly new team at that time. I think they had come into the league about 1961 or 62. Um, they, they weren't very good, but the Eagles were worse. The Eagles were having a very, very bad year. They were something like 2-10 or 2-11. 
the, the schedule was much shorter than they played. Uh, I think the NFL played a 12 or 14 game schedule then. Anyway, um, this game, all the sports writers had uh, picked up on it, and they were calling it the O.J. Bowl in reference to O.J. Simpson. If the Eagles lost this game, they would get the number one draft choice in the NFL draft, and of course everybody was touting O.J. Simpson. At that moment, he was uh, probably the best player in the uh, country. Uh, playing for uh, University of Southern California. The Eagles were in a down, really a down period. Their coach, Joe Kaharick, former coach at Notre Dame, had signed a 15-year contract. Can you imagine, back in those days? And I think Joe Kaharick was a great example of the Peter Principle. You know, you rise one level above your competence. He was great as a college coach, but he was lousy as a pro coach. People would boo him routinely every game win or lose on this day there was an airplane circling over franklin field trailing a banner saying joe must go and every time the plane went over fans would you know would would would, would cheer the fans were in a sour mood that day trust me it had snowed the day before saturday nothing much the game started late because they had to clear the field the game starts the game goes on and the eagles are winning and the fans are booing, so yeah, you can imagine. Because <laughs> everybody wanted them to lose so that they could draft Simpson. <laughs> anyway, uh, historically, the Eagles at the last home game used to have uh, Santa Claus come, uh, you know, come, come out on a, on a sleigh and he would you know, throw these miniature uh, uh, footballs into the stands, and one of which was a, was a gold-colored one and if you caught the gold one, you got a season ticket for the next year's games. Well, that year, uh, December of 68, for whatever reason, they decided uh, not to throw out the footballs. <laughs> so, people were booing that. Somewhere in the second quarter, this man from the, from the Eagles, he's looking throughout the stands and he spots Frankie with a Santa Claus suit. Now, the obvious question is, why is Frankie wearing a Santa Claus suit to the Eagles game? Well, our grandmother, each Christmas, would host a, a Christmas party for all the grandchildren, and she would give them our gifts there. She was getting up in years, and rather than going visit each one of our households, even though we were fairly close, it was a bit of a chore for her. So it was a big party, all the relatives, all the cousins, aunts, uncles, there had to be 60, 70 people in the house. Well, one of my uncles uh, usually played Santa Claus. Charlie Simkis had, had been doing it, but Charlie had lost a lot of weight. <laughs> he, didn't, he wouldn't fill out the suit. So he drafted uh, Frankie Olivo to do the Santa. So he gave him the Santa suit, and uh, Frankie decided on a whim to wear the Santa suit to the Eagles game because we were going to go right from the Eagles game back to my grandmother's house for the Christmas party. And you're listening to Rich Manastra, and he's the first cousin of Frank Olivo. And Frank, well, you're going to hear more about this remarkable episode in Philadelphia sports history and American sports history, for that matter. When we come back, more of the story of the snowball Santa here on our special Christmas edition of Our American Stories. 
Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet that's right up to $1,500 again sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly 21 plus and present in Ohio subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park that's 1-800-GAMBLER From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. This episode is brought to you by Navy Federal Credit Union. At Navy Federal, it's been the mission to help the military community for over 90 years. And not just help them, but do everything to make sure they not only grow, but flourish. That's why Navy Federal Credit Union has all kinds of great savings and investment options, like share certificates with sky-high rates. So don't hesitate. Start growing your finances today with a variety of savings and investment options. Navy Federal Credit Union. Our members are the mission. Savings products insured by NCUA. Investment products are not insured. Not obligations of Navy Federal and may lose value. And we continue here with our special Christmas edition of Our American Stories. You've been listening to Rich Manastra tell the story of Frank Olivo, the snowball Santa. Let's continue with the story. So we're in the stands. Frankie's got the Santa suit on. The place is in a sour mood. The Eagles are winning. Planes are flying over saying, Joe must go. Uh, I mean, it was really nasty. <laughs> anyway, this guy from the Eagles staff spots Frankie, goes up into the stands and asks him if he'd be interested in subbing for the man they had hired to play Santa Claus. Apparently, the guy they had hired, the Eagles had hired, was stranded up in North Jersey somewhere and couldn't get down there to Philadelphia because of the snow. Okay. PR guy for the Eagles told him what, what to do, where to be, and so forth. And they took him in, into the, one of the, you know, the bowels of the stadium there. Half time came. The PA announcer gets on the PA and says, uh, Santa Claus is coming to town. Would everybody welcome Santa Claus, what a big Philadelphia welcome. Well, <laughs> uh, <laughs> that's when the fun began. Frankie enters the field, he's walking around carrying a big Santa bag, and he's got some of the Eagles uh, cheerleaders are dressed up as elves, and they're walking around the, you know, the uh, base of the stadium, and all the booing started. People started booing Santa Claus. And then the snowballs came. People are picking up and they're making snowballs and throwing them at Santa Claus and the elves. 
well, a couple of the elves ran for cover. <laughs> and here's Frankie became the target of all of this. Not only did they start throwing snowballs, but they would start throwing anything they could get their hands on. People were throwing beer cans, beer bottles, uh, sandwiches, anything they get their hands on. They were heaving at, at Santa Claus. They're taking out their vengeance about the Eagles' poor season and winning this game, and thereby losing the OJ Bowl. They were taking their frustrations out on poor Santa Claus. So Frankie and what was left of, of the Elves crew made a uh, uh, circle around, around the field, and then they went back in. Frankie worked his way back to the to our seats. Of course, when we all got back to the Christmas party, we all were telling you know the others at, uh, who were at the party what had ha what had happened. You know, Frank had gotten snow got, uh, hit with snowballs and beer cans and stale sandwiches and hoagies and God knows what all. And and people were half laughing and you know half uh, uh, shocked by it all. It wasn't until that night. Somebody had the, had the television on in one of the other rooms in my grandmother's house, and they noticed that Frankie's on TV. <laughs> so, so we all ran over to the TV set, you know, and uh, you, you see him kind of coming out of the tunnel of the stadium. Uh, they're playing some music on the PA system, and people started throwing snowballs, and you hear the booing and all that. So, Of course, Philadelphia fans have had this uh, reputation for eons, about being rowdy fans, you know, all that stuff. We're, we're the only city <laughs> that had a, a, a judge on site and a uh, sort of a jail in, this, in the bowels of the stadium for people who got too rowdy. So, I mean, it was really crazy. Philadelphia is a great sports town, don't uh, get me wrong, but people can get really crazy sometimes. Uh, so this story uh, made national news and at least one aspect of international news. The London Times picked up on it. He told us he did not expect, you know, that, that booing. He said booing bothered him more than anything. He said, you know, he, he could understand people throwing snow and all that. But he said the booing, he said, who the hell boo Santa Claus? You know? and, and of course, that's the line that got tagged to Philadelphia from that point on. This is the city that, you know, booed Santa Claus. And every every once in a blue moon you hear some sportscaster on some station, local or national, throw that line out there. You know, when something happens negatively in the uh, city of Philadelphia, they'll say, well, you got to remember, this is the city that booed Santa Claus, you know. <laughs> of course, when he went back to work at the barbershop, he was working in the in a, in a barbershop in the uh, uh, suburban station, which is the main train station in the center city of Philadelphia. And uh, people would come in there, they would spot him there. Of course, the, his picture was uh, cut out of the newspapers. It was they, people hanging up in their, uh, their windows of the barbershop. He got a lot of customers from local uh, celebrities, business people, television stars. He, one of his customers was the Archbishop of Philadelphia at the time was a man by the name of John Kroll. He's now deceased, uh, but it, he was asking Frankie for his autograph. Imagine this, the, the Cardinal of Philadelphia asking Frankie for his autograph. So he had all the, all the lo local you know, politicians would uh, uh, stop in there. Mayor Tate, James, James Tate was the mayor of uh, Philadelphia. Uh, had his picture taken down in Frank's bar at barbershop, so he became a local celebrity. 
Frank never got any, any pay from the Eagles. They gave him a pair of cufflinks, if you can believe that. Frank was not much of a cuff shirt kind of guy, you know. In fact, one of, one of my uncles, uh, Tony, he was uh, a bit of a loudmouth, to say the least. <laughs> Wrote to the Eagles, and, and he called them a bunch of cheap SOBs. <laughs> so, <laughs> um, so, anyway, Frank got his own shop. Didn't fare well. It was a bad time. By this time, it's the early 80s. Had to close the shop down. He, uh, went, he went to work at uh, one of the uh, casinos that had just opened up in Atlantic City uh, as a dealer. He got his license as, as a uh, dealer, and he ultimately worked his way up to become a pit boss. He, he got the rub elbows with some of the acts that were appearing there. One of his favorite uh, buddies was uh, Don, Don Reckles. Frankie had, uh, he was on a, on a first name basis with, uh, with, <laughs> with, Don, with Don Reckles, you know. Uh, they exchanged cards at Christmas time. I think when Frankie's daughter got married, or maybe it was his son, I forget which, Don Rickles sent him a gift. Throughout his life, however, Frank was uh, plagued by uh, heart, heart issues. Even as a kid, we would have, you know, sometimes he'd have to stop playing ball for a bit or whatever we were doing that became too much of an exertion for him. Frank uh, died on the 30th of April, 2015. Uh, he was, let's see, he was about 65 or 66 at the time. I did the formal uh, eulogy at Frank's funeral. And while I was preparing to do that, I was getting phone calls, when I tell you literally from all over the country. The story didn't die. It, 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 just, it just wouldn't leave him. Even to this day, the fact that you contacted me evidences the fact that people are still talking about it. The day of his funeral, the, uh, the priest asked me uh, what music they should have for Frankie, I, and half jokingly I said, play Here Comes Santa Claus. <laughs> the priest looked at me rather puzzled, I said, I'm just kidding, Padre, you know? <laughs> but I thought that would have, would have been appropriate, because uh, I, I, I think he would have loved that. So the legend lives on, he's the, uh, the gift that keeps on giving. Here comes Santa Claus, here comes Santa Claus, right down Santa Claus Lane. And you've been listening to Frankie Olivo's first cousin, Rich Manastra, tell the story of the snowball Santa, but all of the story, the neighborhood, the context, the neighborhood stores, and the psychological profile of a Philadelphia Eagle fan, at least a whole bunch. And I was a New York Giants fan growing up in northern New Jersey, and I will never forget my first away game at Philadelphia, and I had the temerity to wear a New York Giants hat that lasted about a second. The story of Frankie Olivo, the story of the snowball Santa, here on Our American Stories. He doesn't care if you're rich or poor, he loves you just the same. Santa Claus From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, We've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. 
Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Zumo Play is your destination for endless entertainment with a diverse lineup of 350 plus live channels movies, and full TV series, you'll easily find something to watch right away. And the best part? It's all free. Love music? Get lost in the 90s with iHeart 90s. Dance away with hip-hop beats and more on the iHeart Radio music channels. No logins, no signups, no accounts, no hassle. So what are you waiting for? Start streaming at play.xumo.com or download from the app and Google Play stores today. All you can stream with Zumo Play.